Welcome back to another episode of A Real Page Turner. What morning, Donnie. Good morning, Mara. Glad to be back with another uh, episode here. Yeah. So we took a little bit of a detour from some of our normal books and classics and contemporaries and stopped at a short story this week. And we did The Swimmer, which was a short story published in 1962, written by John Cheever. Cheever is an American short story writer. A compilation of his stories won the Pulitzer Prize for Pick Fiction in 1979. So really an accomplished short story writer. So we kind of threw it back to the 60s with this um, short story called The Swimmer. Can you tell us a little bit about the movie? Yes, the movie came out in 1968. It was written uh, by Eleanor Perry and directed by her husband, Frank. Uh, it stars uh, Burt Lang, legendary actor Burt Lancaster in the title role. And has a, um, the movie kind of really just focuses on him per se, but there's a bunch of uh, other characters uh, swimming in and out of the of the plot. Other actors include Janet Langard, Jan- Janice Rule, and actually a very early appearance in a small cameo by Joan Rivers. <laughs> so um, it wasn't a huge success. I can't imagine But it's kind of like developed somewhat of a cult following through the year uh, over the years. Yeah, um, I, I don't know why this wasn't successful, and I say that facetiously. <laughs> But I really did kind of enjoy this short story that follows the protagonist, Nettie Merle, who is, you know, at a pool party with some of his friends and they're having discussions about, you know, how much they drank too much the night before, which kind of sets the scene that they're a party crowd. And then he just kind of decides he's going to swim through neighbors' pools across the county to get to his house eight miles away, where he says his daughters and his wife are. And he names this trail, the pools that he's going to follow. The, the after his wife Lucinda and he kind of abruptly leaves this party and we're taken through the different pools that he stops at and you know you get clues to what's going on in his life on the way um, and the different people he encounters at his neighbor's pool so I think that's kind of the synopsis of the story and it kind of ends in a way there you know some of his life was he was in denial about his life that they give you clues through the way through but I kind of really did enjoy the short story I thought it was interesting you know the kind of it took you on a journey and you knew something was amiss. Yeah, it was it was a very easy read. I think like it only took me about 20 minutes or half hour maybe. It was like about it's only 12 pages. It's just very, um, very intriguing. Like I love stories and I love movies and anything that take place over like a short amount of time. I think it's really interesting when storytellers can just take like this little moment like one day or a couple days and just like whittle it down and make an interesting story out of that. I always was intrigued by things like that so yeah it was a very very easy read and just like able to tell this short little story and yeah. the no, go on. I said, what, what kind of, you know, I think that character they created in the movie was very different than the character in the story. Like the character in the story, Ned Merle, like I had kind of some empathy for him because I felt like, was he in denial? Did he have a medical condition that was making him forget things? But in the movie, I just felt he was um, swarmy is the only word that comes to mind. Like it was really weird the way they opened like the scene with him with a woman and, and he kissed her feet. And then there was another scene when he kissed another woman's feet. And I'm like, that's really weird. They're making him seem like he has this weird fetish. And he basically hit on every woman he came across, which I didn't think of that the short story painted him in that picture. Yeah, there's an overall very 
creepiness vibe to him. It was like his when when he meets the ba- uh, the babysitter, uh, Julie, Julianne. Uh, there was just a very just. And they and she kind of joins him along in his uh, his quest uh, through the pool parties and that. And she's very like friendly, but a little naive, and just he had a like yeah, just kind of creeped me, <laughs> creeped me out there relationship there. And then you know she does uh, spurn up and runs away from him. <laughs> so but how was she when she babysat for them? She'd smell his suits and his shaving stuff and still stole one of his shirts. Really weird scene. <laughs> it's like that's creepy. And then of course he thinks like he's hitting on her because she's doing it in this manner where she's like gazing up at him but then he tries to like make the moves on her and she's like that's gross I have a boyfriend and takes off running so it's just so weird and she tells all these weird stories about her work in New York City that some guy tried to kiss her in the elevator and he and then Ned Merrill wants to go to the city and protect her like it's super it's just a super strange dynamic and I you know I know you want to make a movie out of something but I'm like why is it just that it was the 60s? Like, I think today, any, I think today people would revolt against a character like that and be like, uh, why are we doing that? <laughs> yeah. It's, um, because I think like, like her character is supposed to be like, so not like barely legal. Like, she, like only like probably like 19, 20 years old or something. And Ned, this character is an adult, probably like 40 something. Actually, like, I looked up the ages and Burt Lancaster was, 54 when they were filming and the girl Janet Langard who plays plays this role is only 20 years old so just very but what they like I found interesting about the film is how things progressively get worse with every pool he goes to like in the beginning the the people at the pools are, are you know very happy to see him and they're saying like oh Neddy and all these things and but just, as he goes from pool to pool to pool it's like it's very um you know things just get worse and they're not and they're very uh, not as accepting and wel- welcoming to him and you know and it seems a lot more realistic that like there's just some random guy just jump trespassing jumping in your pool that you're like okay this isn't great you know this isn't great and you know a lot of conflict starts to arise you know especially like he gets to the one gets to the one party and it's they're very apprehensive about him being there and that is the whole confrontation over the hot dog cart where yeah. he claims that was hit was his and he wants it back and it does um and that's another like very interesting clue that kind of le- leads you to believe that this guy's um, life has been somewhat un- unraveling like if this used to be his you know how did you know how did they get it and what happened you know what happened to it that you know where you kind of let in the clue that it was sold and dropping little hints along the way idea other people know things that he doesn't or that he's not remembering or putting together and sometimes you know the camera goes to that far away look in his eye and it feels like he's remembering something but you know that it seems like everybody knows something he doesn't when he says his kids his daughters are home playing tennis like everyone kind of gives him a weird look um or that he wants to donate money and the O'Holler and the Hollerins who are naked by their pool um, don't want to take his money and they know it's no good. So you, it seems like, you know, they all know the reality of what's happening, although he doesn't seem to remember or acknowledge the reality of what his life has become. Yeah, it's definitely like an interesting uh, character study among, among the staff. And it's um, like some interesting uh, choices are made because like a lot of times with movies, books, stories, whatever, uh, audiences are supposed to identify with characters. But here we 
have, you know, the main protagonist, I don't even call him a protagonist, but the main character that is someone that, yeah, it's hard to really identify with. See. Yeah, I think it's hard to identify with him in the movie. The short story is a little bit easier because you see it's just a little bit more um, sympathetic to him. But the movie, I think you you don't, unless he has some massive medical illness that is making him act this way, you're kind of not feeling very sympathetic to him. And you see as the movie progresses, like you mentioned, he gets less welcome. He also is shivering and getting cold. So you know, that, like he's getting tired, the sun's going down, you know, like his character is less verbose at the end because he's cold and it almost feels like he's reaching reality. But the other scene I thought that was completely weird was with the his mistress. And he, he like, again, it's super, I feel like it's so predatory. She wants him to leave. He won't leave. He like insists on doing her oil, her bath with her oil. And she's crying and asking her to leave. And he just kind of is belligerent and then gets in the pool shim, shivering. And then she's still begging him to leave. And she's trying to, he's trying to like undress her and she's begging him to leave. And she slapped him. And it's really strange because it's again like it seems like some serious old time Hollywood creepy stuff <laughs> and you know and then he has a hard time getting out of the pool because he's you know so tired and fatigued that you know he can't just hoist himself out of the pool like he was the whole time you know he has to use kind of this you know the steps or he's like you know very struggling to get out yeah it's it's almost seems like though his like struggling with getting out of the pool and being cold you know cold and shivering is kind of like some kind of like an allegory for what's going on um, in his life as he's getting progressively worse and worse and worse you know and that's like I thought like I was very impressed with the performance by uh, Janice Rule on that I think like she made you know her role is essentially just that one scene and it's just um, you know I thought she did a fantastic job and it's kind of funny I was reading about her last night and that she uh, actually became a psychotherapist earned a PhD PhD and everything so I wonder if she got some um, inspiration when she was in this film (laughs) I think I thought the story was interesting that, that the movie was like we don't really see in the story a lot about Ned's wife Lucinda like we hear her reference and the daughters but they're not really developed and in the movie I feel like they try to either build a little sympathy for Ned by giving us insight to the wife right like he says she's you know she's very like she's a a pill and she only needed the best and it almost seems like she was draining him of money like she was the president of this and the president of that and then when he talks about his daughters he said you know they were less run wild and drunk to wreck cars right so it's really weird and the woman says like you know he calls the woman you know he says the people are saying this to they're a liar and she says well your girls laughed at you all the time like behind his back and so like you don't know i guess in this where he created this vision of his daughters home playing tennis and living this life of luxury and that there's daughters who were raised wild and had no rules and made fun of them you know which one is the reality because you really don't know yeah it's um a very uh yeah it's very intriguing like some different um, choices were made in regards to that i agree with that it's very you had these uh, like just another like the air of mystery around different characters and the little clues along the way and uh some of the things i found interesting is that like some of the little clues i picked up on like at the one party when the one gentleman is uh talking to ned about a job of some sort so like it kind of lets 
lets you in that he's, um, you know, maybe down on his luck, like needs a job and this and, you know, just kind of rebuffs him. And then other ones, like even at the parties where he is accepted, you know, a lot of them talking about how they haven't seen him and that. So it's kind of like he's been cut out of the social circles he was accustomed to. So it's very, uh, so it, it kind of like, rep- you know, these characters is kind of like a fall from grace. It's kind of like, uh, you know, a le- kind of like a less funnier uh, Shit's Creek or something. <laughs> Yeah, and in the short story, you know, um, when he interacts with the Hollerans, you know, Mrs. Holleran says to him, we've been terribly sorry to hear about your misfortunes, Nettie. And he's like, my misfortunes? I don't know what you mean. And they say, well, we, why we heard you've sold the house and that you're poor children. And he says, I don't recall so the having sold the house and the girls are at home. And so this is like one of those times where in the short story, like you see, like you do have some sympathy for him because obviously he doesn't, he's not in reality. Um, and he's still in this delusion in suburbia that, you know, the girls are at home and everything's hunky dory and he's, you know, still has this house, you know, so the main character is still living in this fantasy world of suburbia, but really his life is, has changed and he's not come to terms with that. Where I feel like you don't get that sympathetic in the movie like they're more antagonistic to him in the movie and not as sympathetic true yeah like i think like the show story does a really good job at like showing the delusions you know just in, in both the short story and the movie the character you know you just come to realize it's just extremely delusional we know he swims back to his house pulls himself up to the house and you know it's grown over and it's empty and it's dark and he is like kind of wondering in the short story if they've gone to bed or if they had supper and why is nobody home and like the garage doors are locked and so he's wondering where everybody is you know and the same thing happens in the movie in a little bit more of a dramatic fashion as it's raining and thundering and he's standing on the porch trying to get the doorknob which I really thought was me I liked the scene in the movie a lot I thought that was one of the well done things that was kind of enhanced the short story scene of that is that you know you see that broken window and they take you in into the house and you get a vision of what's actually going on in the house and you see it's empty and there's boxes in a corner and you kind of know that everybody's gone and he's still trying to figure it out on the outside so i really did like that scene of the movie you know it was very dramatic and sad yeah yeah and i know i've mentioned this in the past in past episodes and it's like it's a very a, a good example of show don't tell like that they you know are able to set up and show like you know the destruction of the house is gonna be like a metaphor for the destruction of his life and you know i like like they should like you know he mentioned frequently about his daughters playing tennis and then you see the tennis court is in disarray and that's just very effective and then like i like to get you know at the end with him like trying trying to get in and trying to turn the doorknob is you know and just ending like that was very um, very artistic choice there i think it was effective the delusions and the destruction of his life comes to the head it kind of like lets me wonder it's like okay like what's gonna happen with him is this guy just is he like homeless now like what like where um like where did he come from where did he go where did he come from cotton eye joe there know, like where's where's where is it gonna go now yeah. Things he's just going to collapse onto the porch, but you don't know. And it's kind of the beauty of the short story and the movie is that you don't know. And you just know the guy is on the brink of something. Yes. Um, so overall thoughts, reactions? Yeah, it was, um, I did kind of like the movie. Like it was, it's just interesting. I just like, you know, it, it was very creepy, but I think like Burt Lancaster, I think had a good perform, uh, great performance there. And, um, and I did enjoy the music to it. It was by, uh, 
by the legendary composer Marvin Hamlish. And it was like the music was like at times like a little like sh- schmaltzy, but it felt very like old Hollywood 60s score. But I think it like added a lot to the character and uh, and the story. For me, it gave like an ominous tone in some point places. Yeah. As far as the short story goes, uh, you know, I did enjoy it like, like I mentioned, it was just a quick, it's a quick, easy read and uh, flowed very nicely. And I know you did provide the uh, story on our Facebook page. So and check it out, uh, listeners. Yeah, it's an easy read. It's one of those things that doesn't take a lot of time. I mean, I personally can't recommend the movie, but if you wanted to compare and contrast, it's a good study in that. And I just think it's one of those, it, I don't think the movie aged well. You know, like we've watched some things that are written that you see a movie in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And you could, you know, some of the phrases and words they use haven't aged well, but I felt like this really didn't age well as far as like kind of the portrayal of this character as a predator. And maybe they did it in a way that it was super, you know, done in a hyper way that to illustrate his character. But it was just kind of one of those things where I was like, what am I watching? So really strange. But I really did like the short story. One thing about the film has got like a personal note. I went like, I found like funny and like relate to how we went from party to party to party that like and things got progressively worse it reminded me uh when i was in college there was one one time we went um not a pool party but just going from parties to parties and one um we had a friend who had a friend at one party who, you know so we went to that one and then with each party i got um new less and less people there until by the end of the night we were at one that was completely like I had no idea. We almost had no idea who anyone was, who anyone was there. And I know my parents are listening. They may have some thoughts about this with me, but it was a long time ago, mom and dad. But that's just, that's what it reminded me of this movie. So I made it out alive. I'm okay. Good. Well, this was an interesting one. You know, I think we'll come back to some more contemporary things in the next few weeks. But you no, know, it was good to have a break to read a short story. And you know, I think people miss out on some of that being focused on reading so many books that they miss some of the, you know, quality short stories that are out there. And I think this is one of them. Yeah. So till next week, thanks everybody and keep reading. And keep watching. Keep watching.